Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. How's everyone doing tonight on a, uh, a wacky Wednesday night here in New York City? TalkingAlternative.com. This is Secrets of the Sire. Every week we talk movies, comics, TV, um, comics, movies, TV. For the most part, that's pretty much what we talk about. Uh, we throw in some music here and there, but for the most part, we've, we've kept to a, uh, a pretty good uh, regimen. You can catch us live on TalkingAlternative.com every week. You can also catch us on Periscope at Michael underscore Dolce, D-O-L-C-E. And you can also, uh, hopefully, we'll see how see how we go with the technical difficulties, but uh, we'll see how we do with um, getting our Facebook streaming going as well. Um, you can definitely check us out on our Facebook page at Facebook.com slash Secrets of the Sire. So... Uh, now, Sam is actually, Sam, our trusty engineer, is, uh, is was just on vacation, so he is tan and well-rested. I am coming off of probably one of the busiest weeks I've ever had, and uh, I don't know if we can hear it in the sound of our in my voice, but uh, definitely a little, little more tired, and I'll take you through my little wacky week. Uh, we've got a great guest coming up as well, too. We've got um, Gabe Yoakum from Double Take Comics. That's a, a, another New York City-based comic book company, but... Um, Started by Bill Jemis of uh, Marvel fame. I've done some work for them as well, too. So it's always uh, great to uh, kind of go full circle and bring everybody um, you know, on. And he's going to talk about all the cool things they've got going on at Double Take. Um, revolves around Night of Living Dead and Zombies. And he is the writer of Remote, which uh, is a pretty cool um, book as well. So, um, yeah, welcome, everybody. So, yeah, so I'm a little tired. So let's, let's rewind to last Wednesday. Uh, I was just here in this studio. I feel like it was just yesterday, but it was a week ago. So New York City on Wednesday talking Hail Hydra, talking Nick Spencer. Um, great guest Mark Lombardi came on. He had a great uh, great conversation. We had Joe Mulvey, who's an artist on uh, for Comics Tribe. He's done a lot of great stuff. He's got a Kickstarter going on, Mummy's All Right. We're actually going to have him on next week to talk about Kickstarters. We had those fine gentlemen on um, debating everything that Nick Spencer did right or wrong with the new Captain America, Hail Hydra, all that stuff. So it was great. Great comic book talk, great comic book start. Very next day, I'm down in Wizard World, Philadelphia. Um, but due to the fact that I have a three-month-old at home, I decided, okay, I'm going to drive to Philly. I'm going to go to the show. It's a three o'clock start. Uh, it ends at eight o'clock. And then I'm going to drive back home. So I did. Um, actually, it was a great sh- uh, a great show, Wizard World Philadelphia. Wizard World Philadelphia was actually where I launched my creator-owned book, The Sire, 10 years ago. So it was a little mini anniversary celebrating um, that fun, you know, stuff. The Sire is a, about a superhero forced by his own costume to fight evil. It's kind of like having a spider sense, but instead of warning him in danger, actually puts him in danger. You can actually go check everything out uh, on our sister site, MikeBooks.com. Uh, you can order if you really want to because uh, you want to. I, I just think you want to in general. Um, but it was great. So I got to kind of, you know, pimp my wares, so to speak. I was doing sketches. Uh, you can actually go to the Twitter page and at Michael underscore Dolce. You can go to the Periscope page. Um, just, you know, a lot of fun. And I drove back. And then uh, I get wind uh, from one of my clients who happens to be a real housewife uh, that they would like me to assist them in pitching uh, some digital series to Bravo. So it's like, okay, great. So now I'm driving back to Philadelphia Friday morning. I'm also writing stuff in the car. I am coming up with some ideas. I won't share them on on, on the air because obviously everything is pretty tight-lipped, but 
very cool stuff, so I'm actually multitasking. I'm also handling a bunch of other... Um, you know, I'm a jack of all trades kind of guy. I guess uh, I, I like to label myself as a creative consultant, and uh, and so yeah, that's exactly what I'm doing. I am like sketching, I am writing, I am doing websites, I'm doing everything, and I'm in another state, which is even better. Did the drink and draw with Victor Dandridge Friday night. Actually managed to stay over in Philadelphia, which was awesome because uh, even though my wife is actually watching me on Periscope right now and she was stuck home with the baby, uh, it was nice to get a, a night's sleep of some kind. Um, wake up bright and early Saturday, back to, the, back to the convention, doing sketches, making friends, selling books, doing whatever you want to, you know, whatever you want to do. I don't even know if I've slept at this point. I think there was, I know I did get some sleep, but it was like, it was like tired sleep. Um, yeah, it was just, it was just crazy. It was just crazy. And then I had to drive back at three o'clock because we had a family graduation party. So now I've, I've driven about, I think I've driven as much in that four, in that four day span as I was actually in different states. So I'd traversed the wonderful state of New Jersey to get to the wonderful state of Pennsylvania and back and forth and back and forth back to where I live in New York. Um, Monday. Oh, wait, actually, I skipped Sunday. See, I skipped Sunday right off the bat. Back down to Philadelphia one more time, logging in another four hours. Great folks at Wizard World Philly. Great show. Um, had some. Had a lot of um, uh, great artists all around. And I got to say, I, you know, Wizard shows have gotten um, some flack over the years that they haven't been as comic book friendly. But Philly uh, was always a great crowd uh, or was always a great like venue for a show and the crowd is always great and they really love comics they really so I you know I got to give my props out to the peeps in Philly it was really really great driving home Sunday night Monday morning now it's down back down to New York City now so we have <laughs> just basically New York City Philly New York Jersey Philly oh stay overnight okay good Philly New York Philly New York City that's Monday uh Actually got some positive news. Might have a new comic book series on the horizon, too. So Monday morning was like, hey, look at this. I got that. Uh, we've been trying to get um, this particular housewife on Talking Alternative with us. Um, some scheduling issues have gone here and there. So in the back of my mind, I'm sitting there saying, okay, well, they told me 4 o'clock, New York City. Need to go in and, uh, and help them pitch. But in the back of my mind, I'm like, ah, I'm sure something's going to come up. I'm sure this isn't gonna actually going to happen. But it did. So got to actually kind of fulfill a little, I mean, quasi dream. I mean, I'm sitting in the uh, or standing, I guess, because there really was no seating area at the uh, lobby of NBC Studios down in 30 Rock. Uh, meet up with uh, with my my client, and uh, we get to go upstairs and you know sit there. And all I could think of was Seinfeld back when he was pitching his show about nothing, and George was just furiously, uh, "No, it's about nothing. It's nothing." Well, maybe something got up. No, nothing. No, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't go. Um, I didn't go that crazy. <laughs> I didn't go that crazy. Actually, uh, no. We just we pitched some digital series ideas, and um, but it was cool. It was something. It was something uh, to be said. It's not something that happens every day on a Monday. Uh, and then just the last couple days, you know, Tuesday I, I was in Connecticut, so that's another state. Uh, jumping around there as well. I was pretty much gone all day, and then today I've been in New York City since about. Uh, about 12 o'clock I've been up since 5 30 it's been it's been really great I can't wait till I sleep this weekend it's gonna be fantastic and uh normally I'm a, I'm very very clever but I'm gonna I'm gonna have to cleverly somehow 
uh, segue into our guest that's coming on uh, in the next segment. But uh, in general, I mean, this is why we get into comics, right? I mean, this is why we get into this business uh, in no way, shape, or form am I... Uh, you know, complaining. I'm actually pretty happy, and, and Monday's Monday's a pretty cool day. I mean, to give you a little backstory, and this is this is kind of you know part lesson, part story, part you know people who are in this business can kind of relate to it. People that want to be in this business. I mean, that's something that I always you always get at conventions. You always get people that come up to you and say, "Oh, how do you how do you get behind the table?" It's actually very easy to get behind the table. You just you just fork over like a couple hundred bucks and you get a table. Uh, so, you know. Um, it's definitely uh, it's definitely a pretty easy um, way to do it, uh, you know. There's no question. But oh, so the uh, the other wonderful th- uh, footnote is everything did go really well at Bravo, and I did get to actually have a drink with with the housewife in particular afterwards. So that was see, there you go. There's there's my there's my little juicy tidbit. Um, it's not really much of a juicy tidbit um but it was actually it was really good beer so we'll, we'll go we'll go with that um but yeah this is exactly you know this is why we get into this business we get into this business to continue to move forward and you know back in 2006 kind of bringing it full circle when i first launched sire uh my original goal was okay i'm gonna do sire it's gonna it's gonna hit it's gonna hit big it's gonna get turned into a movie i got to live off of that um you know and we had a lot of success and we sold a lot of books i mean collectively i think i've sold about 10,000 copies so that's great um, but at the same time, it's, you know, it's, it's still an uphill climb. And from 06 to 07, uh, did some work at Zenoscope at that point in, in 08, came out with the trade, uh, got the, got Descendant published in 2009. And we remember the Nick Spencer story from last, uh, from last week as well too, where, you know, he was coming out with a book around the same time that, um, I came out with a book. And so really just networking, getting to know a lot of people and in general, just kind of reflecting. And then in 09, at the end of 09, I actually took a break because I was like so burnt out. I'm actually like, I think I was as burnt from the year itself, just, just working as hard as I did. Uh, and I said, okay, great. I made it. I've got contacts now. I've got a publisher. I, I'm ready to go. And by the time I was actually ready to go, my network completely dried up. So from 2010 until, I don't know, maybe even uh, last year, two years ago, I mean, it's been it's been an uphill climb to kind of reestablish that network. So like I said, part, part learning experience, part story for people, um, but, you know, kind of culminating in some good stuff happening on Monday. So, uh, you know, Figured I'd share with the crowd. It's a it's a cool it's a cool experience and it's and it's something really exciting. Um, some of the work I've done, I did some work for Double Take Comics, and they are really really. Uh, it's it's a fledgling uh, comic book company, but it started by Bill Jemis. They've actually been around now for two two years or so, but they've been doing a lot of prep work, and they've come up with new and innovative ways to kind of like bring stuff out. So, uh, you know, when we come back in our next segment, we are going to really dive into that uh, with Gabe Yoakum from uh, from the Remote series. They've actually uh, we're going to really figure out you know all the cool stuff that we've got going on with that. And meanwhile. We've got cool stuff happening, you know, all the time on our own Facebook page, on our own Twitter page, on our own Instagram page. Uh, we've got, you know, Housewives Galore. Hopefully we'll end up with one on our air at some point as well, too. Uh, so we're going to cut the first segment a little short so we can get our guest in next. So coming up next, uh, Gabe Yoakum from Double Take Comics. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network.
Hello, I'm JC. I'm Joan. And, and welcome, welcome to, to 21st, 21st Century Entrepreneur. Entrepreneur. We bring education, insight, knowledge, awareness, trouble, craziness, and fun for you, the entrepreneur who's looking to build your business and your community. Listen every Friday from noon to 1 Eastern on talkradio.nyc. And you can tweet us at 21st CE Radio or Talk Alternative. Are you concerned about epilepsy, autism, or diabetes? Are you interested in alternative treatments, the impact of health, or new therapies? Then tune into my show, Frank About Health. I'm Frank Harrison, the host. Tune in on Thursdays at 1 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc, where you learn more about these illnesses, treatments, the social impacts, and create a dialogue with each other. That's Frank About Health, Thursdays, 1 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. Welcome back to Secrets of the Sire. Uh, we can actually, this is a live call-in show, too. So, I mean, people can call in anytime they want to. 877-480-4120. That is 877-480-4120. Love to hear about your wacky week. My wacky week, you know, culminated with a uh, exciting and interesting meeting up in the Bravo TV offices. And like I said, it was definitely something that was kind of cool. It was... Um, Something that obviously doesn't happen on every Monday, but it's also the result of a lot of hard work, which is why I sound exhausted because I am I am literally exhausted. I really I've got nothing I got nothing in the tank. I got I got barely anything. I'm I'm drinking juice generation, mango something, 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 something. So uh, you know, really exciting stuff. But um anyway, as many of you know, uh I've been making comics for over fifteen years now. Um, started out in self-publishing, hence where we got the Sire and Secrets of the Sire, superhero forced by his own costume to fight evil. Um, but I've also done a lot of different uh, work for a lot of different companies. I worked for Zenoscope, did some stuff for Image Comics, and I did some stuff for Double Take Comics. Now, let me tell you about Double Take really fast before we bring on our guest. Um, very unique method of doing their comics, though. We had a um, we had Jim Gibbons from Sela Comics on here a few weeks ago, and they're an exclusively digital comic book company and they actually do alter their books um, specifically for phones and what Double Take does they also do something very similar to that but different at the same time because they're also exploring every area so they're published through Diamond they're published uh, through Kickstarter they're digital so with that we're going to welcome Gabe Yoakum who is the writer on, uh, on one of their books which is called Remote Gabe are you there? I'm here. Thanks for having me, Mike. Ah, oh, welcome aboard. I'm glad uh, glad you're on here. So, for those who might never have heard of Double Take Comics, what are you guys all about? All right, I'm, I'm going to give you the elevator pitch here, um, so that we don't waste too much time. Basically, That's all we ever ask uh, for. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, uh, we are owned uh, wholly by a major video game uh, company, uh, Take Two Interactive Software. So the, the same company that brings you 
uh, Rockstar Games and 2K Games. So Bioshock, Borderlands, Grand Theft Auto, uh, the NBA and WWE video games, mm-hmm. those guys. Uh, back a couple years ago, they started us up, uh, you know, because they wanted a comic book company, and they brought in Bill Jemis, uh, who was the president of Marvel between 1999 and 2004, uh, the man who hired Brian Bendis and Mark Millar. Uh, That's right. I like to say plucks them from obscurity um, and uh, launched the ultimate universe there at Marvel. Um, uh, we are now, uh, we have 10 titles in the marketplace, and all 10 of our titles take place in the universe that was established by George Romero in his 1968 cult classic, Night of the Living Dead. Um, so all 10 titles revolve around the events uh, of the actual film itself, uh, but then we turn the film on its head quite a bit and use it as our launching pad to grow uh, an ever-widening and ever-weirder and weirder uh, sort of universe. Yeah, and that's actually something I thought was really, really kind of cool. I mean, I actually had done some some work on... Uh I believe it was Honor. Yeah, it was Honor. Mm-hmm. Um, just some, yeah. you know, some digital retouching, some digital work, and it was cool. And it was great to get, by, uh, you know, I ended up meeting um, Bill Jemis and, uh, you know, getting to work at the studio for a little bit. And that was like, that was in uh, 2015, and that was that was a lot of fun. But, you know, when you're working on the one book, you kind of wonder, oh, how does it tie into all the other books? But then you get to see all the other books, and you get to really kind of get this feeling of of something bigger. So uh, if you could expand on that, that's great. Yeah, totally. I. I sit in awe of our editorial staff every single day because what they have been able to pull off is nothing short of Herculean. Um, these people, this is a staff of, an editorial staff of four and a half or five um, that are juggling ten titles that are all interconnected uh, within the same small town and making sure all the timelines work, the universe works cohesively as a unit but then also all 10 individual titles can be picked up as individual titles and be enjoyed. Um, there is uh, a level of, of glee to be in the room uh, with these incredible creative talents and hearing them talk about these books and, and, and watching the creation of them. Um, it's, it, it is a lot of work, and, and a lot of people like to use the word ambitious, and I would like to agree with them. Uh, but I believe because of the passion and the, um, the, the kind of, of heart that, that the editorial staff puts into the books, uh, as a large result of, of working for Bill, uh, it works. And, and it's, uh, uh, it's getting better as we go, which, mm-hmm. you know, to go from an issue one to an issue five, uh, which will be coming in early August, and, and to, to improve exponentially the way we have from book to book. I, I think it's rare within the industry, uh, but it's, it's also encouraging for what's to come. Talk to us about how you launched this entire line, though, because, again, it's, it's, it's designed to be in multi-platforms, you know, uh, in multi-platforms, and it's something very unique about, you know, uh, your guys' approach. So talk to us about that. Yeah, so um, largely we are digital first in that we create our comic books panel by panel. Um, So it's very much a storyboard sort of process. Mm -hmm. So each each book itself 
uh, is about a hundred and between one hundred and sixty and one hundred and ninety digital panels uh, that we then uh, place inside. I heard you mention St- the the guys from Stila. Uh, it's it's very much in the in the same kind of vein as what they're doing, but we do things pretty differently from them mm-hmm. um, in that we take these panels and we place them in our digital player, which is the which was the first native mobile comics player. Um, and basically as a result of doing these books panel by panel, what you end up with is the digital experience provides you with almost a stop motion animation effect to the books themselves. Mm -hmm. So they really come to life. Uh, but they, they are created explicitly to look really good on your phone or on a tablet, um, and very readable. So what we discovered very early on um, Bill has a, a very uh, long history with digital comics. When yeah. he was at uh, Marvel, they launched Dot Comics, which transitioned into the guided view that that people use on Comicsology now. Sure. Um, so he was he was kind of at the forefront of, of of the idea of digital comics when he was at Marvel. the The problem with digital comics now is, you know, especially for me, is I'll read a digital comic, but I have to turn my phone uh, back and forth to really yep. get the best, mm-hmm. you know, sort of display. So what we did is we take these books, we, we do panel by panel, and instead of using uh, balloons on the digital versions, we do the text subtitle style. So what you end up, you don't end up seeing bubbles bounce around the screen. Mm-hmm. You see the actual motion of... Uh, the people involved in the comics, little actions, things like that. So it really becomes a more immersive experience. Yeah, that's great. I, it really is. I, and I remember, you know, when I was hanging out at the office, you know, kind of, kind of seeing this stuff kind of happening, and and uh, you know, uh, definitely a, an innovative approach. But then you guys also, you know, you are digital first, but you've, you know, you're you're definitely uh, as opposed to Sela, who is completely digital. You are a print-based company too, and you guys actually took to Kickstarter. We did, and 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 largely, and and it was right around the same time as the Archie thing. Mm-hmm. So you know, we were kind of tiptoeing around. We 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 launched about a week before Archie did um, with our first issues, but from the start. Uh, you know, like I mentioned, we're owned by a major a major video game company. We we aren't on Kickstarter as a way to earn funds to create our books. We kind of just like with everything else that Bill Jemis does, you kind of turn it on its head and try to use it uh, in a different way. The reason we're on Kickstarter is 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 really for a, for pre sales for yeah. uh, fans who want to get the books before anybody else and to really reward the Kickstarter comic community. For those who don't know, there is a really robust, vibrant community of comic book fans on Kickstarter. A lot of these folks will buy every single comic project that comes to Kickstarter because they are so passionate about the medium. Um, And so uh, we don't really rely very heavily on gimmicks on the Kickstarter. We use it uh, as a pre-sale vehicle for the books for people who have been with us from the start. It's it's amazing you mentioned that too because I I agree with you wholeheartedly and and that's something uh, I took one of my creator-owned books to Kickstarter last year uh, with that ex- with that exact same 
uh, mindset that Kickstarter is now a place where people are going to buy comics. And these are people that aren't necessarily going into comic book stores. And you guys are in comic book stores. You guys are solicited through Diamond. Uh, my creator-owned book was solicited through Diamond. So it's not like we're you know snubbing our nose at retailers. There's also retailer incentives you can do. Um, but Kickstarter is a whole other world now. I mean, it really uh, you know has become this um, alternate distribution center, right? Absolutely yes. I'm actually I, getting cold chills hearing you talk about it because it's it, it for for a company that's just getting off the ground. Kickstarter and and if you, if you if there are you know to your point there are comic creators out there that are independent that are doing their own books. It's never been easier in the history of comic books to to create your own comic book and sell it as a result of this sort of thing. It's it, it's it, the community is so vast and so passionate about the medium that it, it it's it's really taking off at a rapid clip and uh, the, the the Kickstarter community is so large that you know it's it's giving Diamond a run for the for its money especially on the independent front. So we're gonna we're gonna talk about the books in the next segment. Um, so hang tight for you know for you especially. I know that's probably even more exciting. But what you just said is is actually something I want to just talk about right now before we get into the actual mm-hmm. content of the books. Though, uh, do you see it as a, as an actual competitor to Diamond? I know you said you're kind of giving Diamond a run for its money. That's not necessarily a bad thing uh, for for everybody who isn't you know a comic historian. You know there used to be multiple distribution channels for comic books. Uh, in fact, mm-hmm. I mean forget even just direct retail comic book stores. I mean I used to, my first comic book and that I purchased was at a stationery store. You know, it was a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles comic and and it was something else. I loved the cartoon show when I was a kid and I saw it there and you know, now I feel like comic books are so niche. Um, and part of the reason is there's only one distribution company and that's Diamond. Um, do you feel that Kickstarter can give it a run for its money and do you think it's going to open up new distribution channels beyond just Kickstarter and beyond just Diamond? Uh, into other, you know, more traditional distribution channels. Oh, here's the thing. Kickstarter uh, will be there and will support indie books, and 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 th- that's the beautiful thing about it is it's it. Kickstarter is just there as a vehicle for other people to kind of get their products out. Yeah. Um, Diamond exists in a vacuum right now, uh, where it's you know, like to your point, it's just them. And and nothing survives in a vacuum for long uh, alone. Uh, so I think it's inevitable that eventually we'll see another competitor pop up. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, a lot of what Diamond does right is the way they they continue to try to uh, uh, improve their processes, especially with the retail base. Um, Diamond is 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 doing things month after month to try to improve their relationships with retail, to try to maintain that vacuum for themselves, which, you know, to, you know, they do a pretty good job of what they do. Um, but the nice thing about Kickstarter is that the indie books that are out there uh, will, uh, you know, it's not always the easiest thing, as I'm sure you know, to mm-hmm. get solicited through Diamond. No, uh, yeah, you're books. right. Uh, and Kickstarter is a very simple process. Uh, and with, like I mentioned, this robust community of comic fans. Yeah, no, I, and you know, it's, that's another great point to you bring up, and and that's something we will have to talk about in the next segment as well, too. I mean, there are there are limitations to what Diamond, um, you know, limits Diamond puts on, you know, creators to put stuff out. There's there's 
page, there's book, you know, uh, sales limits and how many numbers you, you sell and if you're upward trending or downward trending. I mean, you know, and again, for a long time, they're the only game in town. So, Gabe, if you can hold tight, we're going to we're going to uh, move you right into the next segment. So when we come back, we'll actually we'll kind of continue this conversation a little bit, but then also kind of get into the fun stuff, which is uh, remote and how it fits into the world and double take. So when we return. You are listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Hi, this is Rob Kay. And I'm Callie Alpert. Are you looking for a show where people talk about real stuff like life, love, the pursuit of being yourself? Well, then you have come to the right place because The Rob and Callie Show is doing just that. For the last 10 years, Rob and I have been having our own version of Sunday morning therapy sessions on the phone, and now we're bringing it to the radio. So tune in and call in live Wednesdays, 8 to 8.30 on talkradio.myc. And that's Eastern Standard Time, so join us. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. Welcome back. Secrets of the Sire brought to you every week here in New York City. A little wacky weather today, too. It was, uh, it was hot in the morning. It was downpouring and freezing. Now it's nice and mellow. Um, I think I think wherever, whenever we move our time slot, doesn't matter. We could be on, you know, Sundays at 3.30 in the morning. There'll be some weird weather that follows us that just seems to be a trend that uh, that happens. So anybody who has been following us can follow us on the podcast as well. Uh, everything that uh, we talk about here live always gets turned into a podcast. It's uh, available on iTunes. It's available on Google Play. It's available on SoundCloud. You can go to soundcloud.com slash Secrets of the Sire. That's S-I-R-E. I want to welcome back my guest, Gabe Yoakum from Double Take Comics. Gabe, how's how's it going? Doing good again? I'm doing great. I'm 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 on the road visiting comic shops. I'm actually in Minneapolis today. Oh my gosh! So what's the weather like over there now? Um, gorgeous, uh, 85 <laughs> and sunny. Uh, so. Uh, very sorry for the weirdness in New York. I'm used to it, though. I'm I live there in New York now, and that's where our offices are. But uh, it's nice to get out and 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 visit shops. So when you visit the comic book shops, uh, what's the because um, you know you actually do double duty here. You're a writer on one of the books, but then you're also the sales and marketing manager, and and uh, you know it's all hands on deck, almost like the '60s style Marvel uh, bullpen in a way. Oh, most most definitely. That's. That's the kind of strategy that we've actually used uh, in snapping up. Uh, we we have a bullpen in-house of sorts, uh, three in-house artists uh, doing storyboard art for us. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very writer's room sort of feel at all times in there, um, which is really kind of cool. Very Kirby-esque yeah. uh, in terms of the way that the books are created. But um, it, it's an amazing thing. I don't have any free time. 
uh, <laughs> but uh, I work in comics. So uh, why should I complain? Uh, you know, that's exactly it. if you, you were listening to the opening segment, too. I mean, I, I was in uh, here in New York City on Wednesday, in Philly on Thursday, back in New York on Friday, back in Philly on Friday, back in New York on Saturday, <laughs> back in Philly on Sunday, back in New York City on Monday, Connecticut Tuesday, and now back in New York City. So, I mean, that's mm-hmm. it's just it just comes with the territory. Uh, so you're a writer on remote. And it's funny you actually mentioned that with the bullpen style, though, because I remember seeing, like, issue one and two, um, you, your name wasn't there, but then issue three, the whole story was by you, and then issue four, you were contributing on script, and um, so there seems to be a real, like, you know, uh, like I said, bullpen mentality where you kind of dive in and, and have fun, but um, for the readers who aren't familiar with Remote, what is uh, Remote about, and how does it play into the rest of the Double Take universe? Well, uh, Remote is... Uh what I like to call our really fun book. Like, it's, it's uh, obviously there are ten books, and, and they all have varying degrees of fun. Remote is is, is very um, cheeky, uh, mm-hmm. for lack of a better term. <laughs> um, Remote follows Samantha Stanton, who is uh, a DJ at the local radio station, KBRF, mm-hmm. uh, 5.30 a.m., first on your dial. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's it follows her travails as the the zombie apocalypse rains down upon Evans County. Uh, she is the last, uh, well, quote unquote, live person uh, in the radio station. She's got to figure out a way to get through the night um, and into the next day, and so on. And it quickly turns into a very um, uh, a kind of a you're you're following her ascendancy as we get into the later issues uh, to become, you know, queen of all media, mm-hmm. if you will, the world's first yep. shock jock. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's uh, it's been a, a delight. I, I worked uh, in radio for small market country radio in Indiana okay. for seven years. Uh, and that's why I was brought in uh, in issue two to kind of help with the radio trade craft. Okay. On the book, uh, ah, okay. you know, talking, you know, putting the right words in Samantha's mouth so it was very realistic. Um, and then as we got into the third and fourth issues, uh, the the original writer of the book kind of uh, uh, had some other things come up and needed to move on, and so they asked me to contribute to the the writing piece as well. Uh, and and that's where we are. It's a, it's a huge thrill uh, for a, an old Claremont kid who. It was just, you know, all X-Men all the time and mm-hmm. had been reading comics since I was six, you know, to end up on the new new release wall at Midtown Comics next to Mark Millar. It's a it's a dream come true. It's a pretty exciting thing. I, I told the story last week, too. Uh, it was, um, you know, my my one of my big memories and moments was was signing my image book next to Eric Larson, Jim Lee, Rob Liefeld, you know, Wills Portacio, Jim Valentino. Uh, whom else am I forgetting? Uh, Mark Silvestri. They had Image United, and I happened to be signing autographs at the Image booth the same time they were, and it was a cool feeling because, I mean, those are people I waited in line, and I dragged my poor dad uh, to wait in line in a, in, in a cold January when I was 10 years old for three hours to get autographs from and, to, and then to be signing next to him. I mean, that's a, pretty, that's a pretty amazing feeling, and so for you to see your name up against that, it's got to be, I mean, that's got to be just thrilling. Yeah, I mean, I, I won't lie to you. I, I got a little weepy when I walked in the midst. You know, I mean, that's that's the reality of it. I mean, I mean, it, it's it, there's something magical about comic books, especially when it's been since your your childhood, and 
and to be able to be a part of it in any way, let mm-hmm. alone having your name on the cover of a book, come on. Yeah. No, there is nothing better. Now, I had one question, though. How come the zombies don't attack her in remote? I've actually kind of, I mean, I was reading through it, and I said, I said why is why, you know, how, what has she got going on here? Now, obviously, there's a big cliffhanger at the end of issue four, and I won't reveal it, but, um, you know, why is, she, why, are, why is she immune to the zombies in, the, in this particular book? I, I don't think that I would say that she's immune. I think what what I'd say and what the, the kind of the, the the way that the entire story arc goes is that sometimes a zombie just isn't a zombie, um, and sometimes it, what's happening in our books is, is is really interesting. As you you go through different answer uh, questions rather are answered uh, in different books, so you get an idea of what's happening, so you can apply the idea to to some of the other titles. Um, but the outbreak that we're seeing uh, causes different forms of evolution in different people. Um, and, and to your point, the end of, uh, of Issue 4, which came out last week, of Remote has a, a huge cliffhanger at the end. Uh, to, that, that That's a good pun, goes, by the way. That was a very good Say pun. Again? That was a good pun. It has a huge oh, cliffhanger. I'm, ah, I'm see? Puns, yeah, that yeah. was good. See, um, I, I that's a wink-wink. That wink. That's a wink-wink nudge-nudge to the readers out there who read the uh, the last <laughs> exactly. panel. Uh, okay. Just look at the covers, guys. <laughs> um, then, uh, you know, in, in other books uh, in the line, um, especially in issue four, you start to see um, the line that's actually on the back of our super pack. Um, it says, you know, uh, these 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 are largely new characters telling new stories, mm-hmm. where you know uh, undead cannibals quickly transform into uncanny superheroes, um, and uh, to to really create a, a comic book universe that can grow and expand in different directions, uh, I think we've done a good job of explaining how these things take place, but it's it's uh, it's it's the natural evolution of things uh, to move that direction. Now, will our universe still incorporate, you know, the traditional kind of uh, vicious zombie? Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, not all zombies are created equal. <laughs> that's, a good, that's a good tagline, actually. I like that. Uh, it's funny, too, because, I mean, I, I, I remember seeing an honor, and, and there's kind of that insidious guy in remote, too, where uh, there's, there's a lot of shady individuals kind of permeating the universe. Uh, how does that mm-hmm. kind of tie into that larger story you guys were talking about? Well, uh, the way I like to put it when I talk to people is, is Evans County, Pennsylvania, the fictional Evans County, Pennsylvania, where our, our books take place, is a very twin peaksy sort of mm. community. Um, people don't really react the way you think they would react to things. Um, there's something weird going on. It's, it, it almost seems like, like the nexus of the universe in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like, what, what's happening here and why is everybody so different? And as we move through issue fours and is, into issue fives, uh, there are huge reveals that take place to kind of explain why people behave the way they be- they behave in our universe. And the beautiful thing about this, and what I think a lot of comic book fans wonder about when they read, you know, these books of, or, or even watch shows like Lost, yeah. you know, is there an end game in mind? And I am proud to say yes. <laughs> From the beginning, we've had plans and we've stuck to them and, and it's coming. 
Um, and I can't wait to see what people think. Issue fives uh, will roll out in early August, and then uh, we'll have trade paperbacks of, of all 10 titles at a $10 price point, by the way, uh, at the end of September. Yeah, that actually, that's something you guys were doing too. I think you were doing the the the, the, the packs were like ten, you know, ten bucks for ten comics, you know, kind of kind of price packs, and that's kind of harkening back to the '90s and the '80s and the and, and you know even the late '70s. So, uh, how do you guys get away with that and manage to still be a company? Well, uh, we're really lucky to have a corporate parent that understands the importance of coming to market strong, mm-hmm. uh, and from a sales perspective, that's huge. Look, I I won't pretend to. To, to be, uh, you know, part of one of these independent companies that struggles, yeah. because we have we have this corporate sponsor, this this parent that that just gets it, really, really gets it, uh, in terms of, uh, you know, they're completely hands off with all of their studios. Yeah. The creative is what it is. They provide the money to make these things happen, and they understand how important it is. I mean, uh, the the quality of the printed books are really high yeah. in terms of the the material that we use the you know and we're able to we we take a lot of the risk up front on the printing to maintain the lower price point the individual books themselves are 250 uh, as opposed to four dollars yeah um and uh the super packs that you referenced uh are all 10 of those titles wrapped together so you can binge read the entire universe mm-hmm. uh and those are a 20 dollar price point so you guys, you guys have so con- five dollars less. Yeah, so you guys have conquered the uh, the digital frontier. You're out in front in Kickstarter. You're you're doing a traditional retailer route, and then finally, the last the last avenue for marketing promoting is conventions. What's uh, what's your convention schedule like this year, and and uh, and what is your approach to conventions? Uh, so far, our convention kind of presence has been relatively light, as a result of of having a sales force of mighty one. Uh, this guy. Um, so, uh, what I've been concentrating on this year uh, has been uh, visiting retail shops and getting retail to know who we are. Um, the uh, the The convention scene is uh, is huge, and it's actually phase two of our rollout. And in the next fiscal year, it's something that we're going to concentrate much more heavily on. Uh, we were at uh, Supercon in Florida last June, months before we launched, uh, where we were actually, you know, we were we were signing people up for the Kickstarter on site, you know, giving away swag, uh, that sort of thing, kind of building up that groundswell. Then, of course, we, we presented it at NYCC last year, mm-hmm. and uh, we will be at NYCC again this year. I mean, it's in our backyard. Just makes sense to happen uh, to to be to be present there, uh, but then uh, we'll focus on on more regional shows uh, in uh, the third quarter of the upcoming fiscal year uh, to really get that 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 bottom line uh, groundswell of people up and actually have product out there to kind of uh, give people. So we got a minute to go. Give us mm-hmm. the rundown. How do we get your books? Social media. Give us every way we can get. Double Take Comics. All right, here we go. Twitter, at Double Take NYC. Facebook, Double Take Comics. Uh, go to your local comic book shops and tell them, I want these Double Take books. That is what <laughs> will move the needle for us more than anything else. These local comic shops are our lives blood. They're wonderful human beings who have put their entire careers and lives into this 1,500 square feet. 
and uh, and we love them, uh, but they need to know about us from you, uh, and and that's that's how they'll carry our books. You can go to doubletakeuniverse.com, and you can read digitally on your phone, on a desktop, on a tablet. The first and second issues of our books digitally for free at any time. Free issue ones on Comixology, 99-cent issues from there on, uh, and I think that's it. I think that's pretty good. <laughs> Gabe, thank you so much for joining us, and uh, we look thank forward you, to... Mike. Really, I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, we look forward to more stuff. When we return, we're going to go spinning the racks, checking out the news uh, from the comic book world. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you into comics, movies, and pop culture at large? What about music and TV? Then you're in for a treat. This is Michael Dolce, your host on TalkingAlternative.com. I've been professionally writing comic books, screenplays, and music articles for almost 15 years. Catch my show, Secrets of the Sire, at its new primetime slot, Wednesdays, 8.30 p.m. Eastern, and get the inside scoop on the pop culture universe you love to talk about. For more info, go to SecretsOfTheSire.com. TalkingAlternative.com Welcome back, Secrets of the Sire. Welcome at Bella underscore Rain. Welcome, Jersey Jedi. Welcome, well, my wife. She has a complicated username, though. It's like CC17N92. So it's, it's yes, it's very difficult to, uh, to pronounce it. But what a, uh, closing out a wacky week. Um, as I kind of mentioned in the first segment, uh, ended up at uh, Bravo Television on Monday, which was really awesome, uh, thanks to Ramona Singer. And Real Housewives. And Lisa Taubes, I want to give her a big shout out. She was um, kind of the orchestrator behind this and got to work with her pitching some digital stuff. As I mentioned to Sam, the engineer, I can't exactly go into much detail except that I was there. And then we had a really nice meeting. And then uh, Ramona Singer was was, uh, gracious enough to buy us a a drink afterwards, which was really, really great. And then she was going to a benefit concert that had like Josh Groban and um, Sarah Borelius. Uh, at City Winery. City Winery is a venue in New York City that if you get to go to, please do. It's really awesome. Um, it's an awesome venue and awesome time, so definitely check it out. I uh, want to thank all the Periscope peeps. I want to also thank all the Facebook Live peeps. The audio is still skipping. We're going to figure out the bandwidth issues in the studio. I, I'm not exactly sure what's going on with that, but you can always get the audio at TalkingAlternative.com, so I don't see what, why there's even a problem. All right, we're going to go spinning the racks a little bit, just going to dive into some of the news of the week, including Michael B. Jordan, 
confirms two Black Panther casting reports. Let me ask a question to the audience out there, and 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 if you're on Facebook and you wanna you want to uh, chime in, that's um, Facebook.com/slash Secrets of the Sire, uh, or you want to chime in on Periscope at Michael underscore Dolce. Are we really super excited about Black Panther? I thought Black Panther was really kind of he was cool in Civil War, but he's and I guess he's a good example of how Marvel has managed to turn, you know, what were B-level characters into A-listers now. And included in that list is Captain America, is Iron Man. I mean, I know it's crazy. Anybody who's like 13, 13 years old right now would sit there and go, what are you, crazy Captain America and Iron Man? That's who I grew up with. That's, you know, that's uh, those, are my, those are my characters. But when I was 13, they were lame. <laughs> like, they were really, really lame like they weren't very popular characters captain america iron man black panther uh kazar actually if marvel can pull off a kazar comic and we're gonna have joe mulvey on he's an artist and a comic book aficionado uh, he's gonna talk kickstarter stuff next week he's got a great kickstarter running i'm gonna ask him how you can make kazar cool because actually mark wade and andy kubert did manage to make kazar kind of cool in the uh i want to say late 90s uh, but at the end of the day Comics were so creator-driven back then that uh, you, you followed it because the creator was on it. Nowadays, you, it, it is all about the character. They've managed to, to turn that around. They've managed to make it character-centric. So you got to give them a lot of credit. But, uh, yeah, so um, Michael B. Jordan, though, uh, is going to be in. Now, Michael B. Jordan actually played uh, Human Torch in Fantastic Four, which i got to tell you guys. Ah, see, Roderick Corpus. Punisher is still my favorite. I do agree with that. Punisher is great. I have not seen him in the Netflix series yet. Haven't seen him in the Netflix series yet. I will see him eventually. Uh, Daredevil's on my list uh, as soon as I am done, uh, you know, with all that other fun stuff. But Michael B. Jordan is going to be in, in Black Panther, so that's a, that's some cool casting, uh, you know, news as well. Suicide Squad officially receives their rating. They're PG-13. So DC kind of punked out again. They really had a shot here to do something exciting with Suicide Squad, and then they end up going with the PG-13 rating. What do you guys think of the PG-13 rating? Uh, you got 10 minutes to chime in now. You can always call in 877-480-4120. Uh, like I said, we got 10 minutes to go. Uh, we'll talk about all this stuff with Joe Mulvey next week, though. I'm actually really looking forward to that. Um, yeah, so PG-13 for Suicide Squad, so don't expect some F-bombs. Don't expect, you know, you know the... Uh, craziness that you might have gotten in Deadpool. Uh, now, on the flip side, a lot of people said that Suicide Squad was now trying to capitalize on Deadpool, was trying to copy Deadpool. So in this regard, I guess that is not true. I mean, if they were truly going for the Deadpool audience, they would go R. Uh, they, would, they, would, they would kind of break that barrier. But I think... I think in general, whenever, you know, it's funny, we had our guest, uh, Gabe Yoakum, which I want to thank again from Double Take Comics, uh, talking about, you know, it's great that they have a hands-off corporate parent. The corporate parent supplying the money, supplying the talent, supplying, you know, resources, and that's a huge thing. But then in the case of DC, it almost works backwards, doesn't it? It's like the corporate parent is, is, is getting in the way, not getting out of the way. I mean, let creative people do creative things. Thing, good things will happen. Don't try to plan it, you know. Uh, too crazy like that. Uh, Ant-Man and Rocket and Groot animated series confirmed by Marvel. Uh, again, I mean, this is, 
Guardians of the Galaxy is another great example of of just how great Marvel does these things. And I'm not look. I'm a Marvel guy. I'm wearing a Batman shirt though. For anybody who is uh, periscoping me right now or Facebook streaming me, but um, y- you know, Guardians of the Galaxy is another th- another. Um, my favorite Guardians of the Galaxy was actually the Jim Valentino run back in the early '90s, and it was completely different than what you have now, uh, where you know, I think. I mean, it was a Mark Millar series, or it was a, it was a, I don't even know if Mark Millar even wrote it. I, I just know it was a very obscure series. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, internet, but, you know, very obscure series. And Marvel turned that into like a, I mean, a huge, I mean, mega blockbuster. You know, to the point where now we have a, a Rocket Raccoon animated series. Now, actually, I mean, to say animated series, that makes kind of, kind of sense in a sense he's rocket raccoon but he's rocket friggin raccoon and he's awesome right and he's awesome at the end of the day Groot he says one word the whole damn time Vin Diesel one word the whole you know you, you brought in Vin Diesel to be I thought he was going to be uh you know take the wrestler spot no they brought him in to be Groot awesome and Groot is amazing and everyone loves Groot uh, we actually, when uh, uh, I, I do conventions with uh, another fellow creator his name is James Massia and um he actually has a, uh, a print that he's doing, which is the uh, uh, g- make make America Groot again, and uh, it's it's got the Rocket Raccoon, it's got the Groot, uh, and it's a great print. So uh, if you catch us, we'll be in San Diego in July. We'll be at uh, New York Comic Con in October, and then we'll be in some Jersey shows. Artista Con. This is going to be in uh, Lower New Jersey. Uh, good friend Mark Poulton. We're going to have him on the air uh, in the next couple. Let's eh, say month or two. Try to help promote that one. That's a great show. It's a great artist show. Um, but yeah, so if you see it out there, you got there's some great prints there as well too. So I mean, that was spinning the racks. We definitely there's always comic book news kind of happening. Uh, DC's Injustice Two trailer, you know, came out. I mean, it, it's really, really. I mean, we're living in a in a golden age of pop culture. I mean, this stuff is not just exploding out there. It's it, it you know. At the convention, so to recap for anybody who kind of just joined us, I had a crazy week, started out last week here. Uh, we're we're going to call that segment, you know, from the drawing board, and it's Sam the trusty. See, Sam's just full of ideas. He's my trusty engineer. He is just full of ideas. So we'll do a little segment called from the drawing board, kind of give you a little behind the scenes of what it's like to be in this industry. Um, and for those who are just joining us, you know, I was in uh, Philadelphia all weekend, but I was also kind of back and forth in New York and Philadelphia. And uh, Wizard World Philadelphia was a blast and it was awesome. But it's amazing now to see the, the, the big thing. And now Sam also actually has a history. He was, at, he was involved with Media Blasters, right? Media Blasters, yeah, see, look at me go. Memory, it's good stuff. Um, what's that? And software sculptors. So, I mean, he's, he's been in the industry. but And now the difference, though, between being in the industry now and before, I mean, there are just normal, uh, look, I, I don't mean to say it that way, but they're just normal people just walking around who are, you know, you, you, you don't, it's not the prototypical nerd. It's not the prototypical geek. In fact, people that are calling themselves prototypical nerds and prototypical geeks, I'm sitting there going, no, nah, dude, you weren't here 15 years ago. You're not. I, and and uh, you know, I think my wife's still on, but you know, there's there are actually girls who are um, the only. Ah, uh, there are only two good things from Philly: cheesesteak and freedom. Freedom, yes. No, it was actually it was a great show. Um, I know Nevin Frederick, who is on our Facebook feed right now. He was at Wizard World Philly. Got to meet a whole bunch of cool people, um, some uh, wrestlers, some Avengers. Um, but no, there are just. I mean, it's normal people walking around now. 
you know, people that you would never see at a comic book convention. And I don't, I don't declare myself as normal, so you know, don't, uh, don't misconstrue that, that comment. But um, yeah, and, and it's usually like girls being dragged by their boyfriends. That was like 10 years ago. Now it's like the girlfriends dragging their boyfriends. So it's, it's, it's a completely reverse, reverse dynamic, too. So I um, want to give a shout-out to uh, Sura from Philly, so if she's listening right now. Um, her name is Sarah, but it's pronounced Sura. Sura. I don't know. Maybe there aren't that many normal people, um, as, I, as I would say. So want to thank my guest, Gabe Yoakum. Uh, from Double Take Comics. Uh, again, go check out at Double Take NYC on Twitter and uh, go to check out Double Take Universe. Uh, next week, we're going to dive head first. Well, maybe maybe I'll have some more Real Housewives news, which would be awesome, uh, but I doubt it. I uh, want to thank Ramona Singer and Lisa Taubes again for bringing me into Bravo on Monday, and I'll try to keep you guys up to date, uh, keep you up to date on the new comic book series that will hopefully be coming out soon as well, too. Actually going to be definitely keeping you up to date on a Kickstarter coming out, but... Next week, we're going to have Joe Mulvey come on and talk Kickstarter. The guy runs a freaking amazing Kickstarter. He's an amazing artist. Um, This is not his first rodeo. He actually, his claim to fame was a gigantic billboard in Las Vegas uh, promoting his comic book. So tune in next week. Secrets of the Sire. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you concerned about epilepsy, autism, or diabetes? Are you interested in alternative treatments, the impact of health, or new therapies? Then tune into my show, Frank About Health. I'm Frank Harrison, the host. Tune in on Thursdays at 1 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc, where you learn more about these illnesses, treatments, the social impacts, and create a dialogue with each other. That's Frank About Health, Thursdays, 1 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Are you into comics, movies, and pop culture at large? What about music and TV? Then you're in for a treat. This is Michael Dolce, your host on TalkingAlternative.com. I've been professionally writing comic books, screenplays, and music articles for almost 15 years. Catch my show, Secrets of the Sire, at its new primetime slot, Wednesdays, 8.30 p.m. Eastern, and get the inside scoop on the pop culture universe you love to talk about. For more info, go to SecretsOfTheSire.com. Hey, all you crazy listeners. Looking to boost your business? Why not advertise on Talking Alternative with very reasonable rates? Interested? Simply email at info at talkingalternative.com. Hello, I'm JC. I'm Joan. And and welcome welcome to to 21st Century Entrepreneur. We bring education, insight, knowledge, awareness, trouble, craziness, and fun. For you, the entrepreneur who's looking to build your business. And your community. Listen every Friday from noon to 1 Eastern on talkradio.nyc. And you can tweet us at 21stCE Radio or Talk Alternative. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network at www.talkingalternative.com. Now, broadcasting 24 hours a day. Talking Alternative. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? 
I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network.